welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! And when we say everyone, we mean everyone listening. And even people who aren't, I think. I mean, it's more inclusive. You think it's every person out there? Because we put it on SoundCloud. Yeah. And so people could, you could know. share the goodness. All around. Yeah. There could yeah. be a lot of people who listen later. Yeah. Right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe somewhere, you know, when all of us are older. We make this show accessible, folks, and we're so glad that you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm Patty Payette. She is. She is. I'm Brian Barnes. He is. He is. Mm-hmm. And together, we like to talk about critical thinking every week. Yeah. Wonder Twin Powers activate. Uh, woohoo! Yeah. yeah. And we... Form of a nerd. We Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Form of a critical thinking nerd, which, as we pointed out in the show last week, is why we don't get invited to more parties. We could go to more parties, probably, <laughs> as some kind of weird clown. Yeah, but not co- yeah, as a weird clown. Not COVID, though. That's really put a damper on partying. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, critical thinkers probably are just almost immune to this problem, as you mentioned. Oh, speaking of which, mm. guess what? I don't know. I'm so glad you said that. Uh-oh. So, shout out to my cousin Sharon, who likes to listen to the show. Oh, Sharon! So, Sharon signed up to be a census taker. Okay? Oh, okay. And she went to the training. hmm And uh, several hours in, they had not mentioned COVID yet. Oh, wow. And she mentioned some other things that were a little problematic about the training, about the work. I said, you know what? I'm really glad you're a critical thinker in this situation, Sharon. I'm really glad they were willing to give her a voice to do that. Well, she was speaking to me about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm surprised Sharon has a job with the census at all. But so it, it got good, me. Good, yeah. Good. So, right. so folks, I hope that you take this little story about Sharon about, and you know, and she was kind of like, Hey, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm checking my assumptions, right? Sure, I'm not sure. going to make final judgments right now, but she was kind of noting some of the issues she was concerned about. And mm-hmm. so folks, you need to bring critical thinking into all of every part of your life. You know, everything. Yep. yep. Th- that's really what it's for. Yeah, it is really you that's what critical thinking is for? I think that, you know, if we think of using things like, why would I bother with this? What's it for? If I do become a critical thinker, if I do all the crap you guys say, if I make the sacrifices, etc., what's it for? I would say maybe something like that. Oh, like when you're in a situation, let's use that. So it's for when you're in a situation you've never been in before, where you are about to embark on something, including taking some risks, critical thinking is, is your toolbox. Yeah, because, you know, we talk about systems and your thinking is a system of some kind, but more importantly, from critical thinking's point of view and the show's point of view, critical thinking or your mind, rather, is a system from your point of view. When you look at your own mind, you perceive it as a system if you choose to think of it that way. There are systemic elements. There are interconnected elements. There are parts that go into other parts. There are cause and effect. In our minds, from our own point of view as thinkers, we need to learn those mechanisms so we'll be better at using our own minds. That's Mm -hmm. valuable stuff. And that really is for everything because your thinking 
in everything that you do, even if you're feeling at the same time, you're also, at mm. least hopefully, engaging in some intellectual activity there. Right. Whether you're conscious about it or not, you are making decisions every moment, you know, and and, and filtering through options. And um, so when we say critical thinking is for everyone, we posit that it's for everyone because you need it for your life. You need it to have to make good decisions and and fully realize the person you can be. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe the person you can be is not a very good thinker. Maybe that's maybe your goal is to not be a good thinker. Maybe you uh, want to live a life without good thinking or you think somehow your best self is not um simultaneously your mm. best thinker. Hmm. We don't really think that that's true. We think that your best thinking goes along with your best self in every case. And so yep. you'd want to cultivate that. So um, today's show, because every show we like to take a slice of critical thinking, a piece of it. Just a tiny piece. Chew on it. Mm-hmm. And with you, we kind of chew out loud in the best way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay, because there can be bad ways, I'm told. Yeah. Have you been told that? I've heard that. <laughs> You've heard that. Yeah, so um, so today's slice that we want to slice and dice with you is uh, about assumptions. Assumptions about chewing? Assumptions about everything. Hmm. Assumptions. And assumptions. you know what they say about assumptions. I do. I do. <laughs> they make donkeys out of you and me. Okay. Is that the FCC-friendly way to say it? That's, that's how you don't say it in the locker room. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting that I don't know. If the, yeah. Assumptions are, are can be really detrimental to our thinking, but we can't function without them. Well, that's right, because so many of you know, the, the point of assumptions is we really don't check them. Yeah. We may become aware of our assumptions, but still, if we don't check them for truth, they remain there just as assumptions that we allow. So in some cases, our assumptions really are unconscious, uh, such that maybe I'm not aware of my own you know, tendencies toward um, you know, behaving towards certain people in certain ways. But um, once I know about them, I can just choose to not check them and just remain in full possession of that assumption. So they're both problematic, but in different ways. Yeah. So today we thought we would, oh, and this request for a show about assumptions came from another listener, Nisha Gupta. Thank you, Nisha. Oh, that's great. That's my, our I'm colleague. Glad, I'm, glad, I'm really glad that Nisha listens to our show. She says she listens to That's evidence then. that more than... Two people listen to the show. I didn't assume she did. That makes and me think that there could be more. I'm making an assumption. But, people, you know, it's very hopeful. People out there, we hope you don't hear the desperation in her voice. But we really don't know if who's listening or if anybody's listening. Which is why in some ways this is really a personal development exercise <laughs> for us. We're always trying to do our best thinking because what in the hell else might we be doing here? We don't even know. And you know what? Maybe whether it's impacting any listeners, we're g- gaining from it. It's so, our practice. We're so just we're just we're demonstrating. Sharing it with the world. Yeah, people say, "Ah, oh, how do you do this stuff?" Well, we have this radio show on uh, 106.5 FM WFMP LP Forward Radio in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, with some archived episodes, couple couple dozen. Um, 
100-ish, yeah, on uh, SoundCloud. You can check out of us doing this. And people say, why is it so much riffing? Why wait, 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 wait. Who says that? People. Let's not worry about that. You know <laughs> who you are out there. you sound like Donald Trump, people say. People say. <laughs> he's, very, he's very successful with that. Let me, let me try that. People tell me <laughs> that we sound like we're just thinking in the moment, which we are doing. And why are we doing that? Why don't we sit around and, and script it? Wouldn't that be the most appropriate way to do this? In some cases, maybe. There might be. I'm not going to argue that a good plan would help some things. But I am going to say that we probably are doing everyone a great service, at least I hope so, by showing our thinking in real time. Because that's when you have to do it. You right. have to do it in real time. And so if these models don't work in real time, if we can't work with a model that allows us to say, oh, I made a mistake, I need to backtrack, and or someone else interjects and says, I don't know if that's quite right, or whatever. If we don't have that ability, I'm not sure how much value this critical thinking model is in the first place. It sounds pretty fragile. That's a good response to whoever said that. Well, I hope they're listening. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. When you get up in the morning, what if someone could hand you a script and just tell you, like, you're meeting with your boss or you're meeting with a client or whatever, like, here's everything or your partner, right? Here's your script. Uh, you know, that's not how critical thinking works because critical thinking is so contextual. Yeah. And so um, so you're right. We are doing it in real time. Well, and that's... For all the good and the bad. The good well, that's and the bad. right. And, you know, people, uh, some people talk about... Uh, I'm sure you know these people uh, who talk about life being a play without a rehearsal, that kind of thing, right? right? So we're we're really improvising in the moment. The thing about improvising is there are some associations and techniques you can build ahead of time through experience and through learning and training and that kind of thing. But you have to be able to think on your feet, as they say. You have to be able to work with what you're given in the moment in order to produce the effect that, improv- in, that, that improvising is going for, right? Improvisation is going for. So critical thinking is the system for us doing that. It's the tool. It's the mm. set of tools. That's, this has right. sort of come full circle, right? This, as you said, these are the, sets of, the set of tools that we use to do this work in real time. If we had to go under the hood of our car, we'd have a toolbox, you know, so that we could figure out what was going on in real time. And that's what we're doing here. It's just, I hope we're With not... your brain. Yeah, I hope it's all metaphorical. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. So with all that being said, you know, and us being the improver, improvers that we are. You should see us juggle. Yeah. Well, Brian, I guess, is really good at that. Mm. Improvat... Improvateurs, like like provocateur, but also improv. I was wondering if maybe we were improvocateurs. (laughs) I love it. That's what we are. Improvocateurs. That's exactly what we are. So, um, uh, so, folks, let's just start with what they are. What uh, assumptions are? Okay. (laughs) Provocateurs. Oh, them. Sorry. (laughs) You really kidding? (laughs) You you want to do the the show in French? Should we? No. No. <laughs> Mais non. In that case, I will just defer. I'll defer. We'll go to back to English. We'll go back to English. Let's go back to English. Another time. Okay. Um, assumptions are beliefs you take for granted. 
let's just start with that very simple, what do you take for granted, right? The sun's going to come up tomorrow, right? I'm going to, my car's going to start. I to take get me for to granted work. when I have a conversation in English, the other person's going to understand me. Yeah, right. Our whole world is built on assumptions. Uh, the example they give in this book here, which is from the Guide to Critical Thinking from uh, Linda Elder and, and Richard Paul, two of our fav- faves, mm-hmm. um, uh, they gave the example, I assume we have enough gas in the car for our trip. Uh-huh. Now, how many fights among partners has that assumption Too started? many. <laughs> Whatever the number is, it's too many. I can hear my husband. I just want to get through Indianapolis before we stop for gas. I just let me get through the city first. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, people have their preferences. They do. Yeah. And they operate from assumptions like that. Well, right? Like, let's just get through the city. And so then what's we'll the assumption? The assumption is... Right now, the priority is getting from A to B. Then I'm going to worry about gassing up because I can, I'm assuming by looking at the gas gauge, I have enough gas to get from A to Z. I think that's the assumption. Yeah. Isn't that, it that, yeah. that I have enough gas? Right. And so the other person, me, who's known to be a side seat driver, mm. you know, might, okay. might go, well, are you sure? What if we get stuck in traffic? What if we get stuck in traffic? And... We're idling for a long time, and then we're stuck without gas. And so the interesting thing, the reason this becomes an argument, I guess, among folks, is that there's no way to really check, right? Because there's a gas gauge. Yeah. But once it once the gas gauge in the car gets to the point where there's some ambiguity, right, then there's no way to actually check literally how much gas is left in there or how many miles it will actually take us at this speed. Incorrect. Because we have a button on our thing that says info. You click it, and one of the info options is how many miles you still have left in Mm. your gas tank. But to be more precise, that only works until you get down to the very bare minimum, right? True. Where you've got so so you might have True. in your I don't know what it is in your car. In my car, which also has that feature, I might have 20 miles left. Yes. But I might, that's I empty? might have No, once it's empty and once it's at zero, yeah. once it's once yeah. it tells me I have to get gas now. <laughs> right. I still might have 20 miles. Oh, I see what you're saying. It has the it gives you that grace those grace miles. Well, mine mine doesn't do that, but but there's a there's just like it says zero, but I can right. drive on zero for like a couple of days. Have you? Oh yes. What? Oh yes. Oh my God, we would definitely have a big fight. I've run it completely dry. Oh my God. Which is a mistake in my car because it has all these electronics, <laughs> and then you have to do like super oh special expensive stuff. Gosh. But yeah. the way that I found that out, you run it completely dry. How do you know how long this thing's going to go? I mean, sometimes sometimes I need to yes. go, um, you know. So if I'm driving with you, I check my assumptions. If it's your car, you do whatever you want. <laughs> my assumption is if it's your car, these are your decisions. Okay. But I guess, but I guess that's, but that's the thing, right, is that there's, there is that gray area there. And somebody will say, well, you need to go gas now. And somebody else will say, well, no, I've got a dozen miles or something until I have to get gas. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but s- since you're at zero, wouldn't it make sense – since there's a gas station there to go ahead and go right, now. And you live 
you live across the street from a gas station. I do, I do. And so <laughs> somebody might say, well, there are gas stations all over, literally because they live across the street from one. So in my experience, there's always one. Oh, another assumption. Absolutely, because you go, oh, well, the gas station's always available. <laughs> right. Oh, because you be live one. near one. <laughs> if, you go, if you go somewhere else... There won't be one. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. We would definitely get into a big fight. The, the assumptions are fast and furious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, folks, so you could just see from this example that we, we rely on assumptions. We, we sometimes don't even realize we have a, And then someone else has a different assumption. And then we go, oh, we wreck. We have, a, we have an assumption crash because we were operating as two or more people with totally different. Another one I like to use. Before you do. Yeah. The, uh, again, the issue is these remain assumptions because we can't check. If we could check, if we if we had a reliable method, if you said, okay, look, this car for sure, if we go and put a ruler in the gas tank, for every quarter inch that it's wet, we can go five miles. I mean, or, or just something, hypothetically, right. right? If we could do that... And stop the car and go check it and have a sense of how much was actually in there reliably, all these things. I think that we I think the argument wouldn't be there anymore. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the context I brought up is you could get stuck in traffic and use up more gas and then you're not you're not planning for that possible consequence. Mm. I'm not saying that there won't still be errors made. Okay. I'm simply saying saying that, that that might eliminate the argument right in some way because someone's okay well we can go for a little while even though you're sitting there the whole time going well you know we still could get stuck in traffic whatever (laughs) but yeah sure we could go yeah obviously there's a little bit in there you still we go for a little way problems could happen and so somebody like me is going well there we go and then then stuck in traffic and then we (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh i should have got some gas and then there i am walking with the gas can and I'm assuming that's true. You, Yeah, you would be. Oh, true story. <laughs> yeah, I've got historical data. I've had many gas cans. Wow. Okay. Sure. So, so actually, instead of giving another example, I want to talk about this article. Are you kidding? No. These examples have been rich so far. They have been rich. All right. I'll, I'll insert this example in the context Great. of this article. All right. Very good. I hate to lose Okay. It. So this article is called Assumptions, Why They Are Wrecking Your Mood. And how to stop making them. Oh, man. I know. That's a big lift. Well, I'll tell you what. Between that title and the picture, (laughs) you all can't see the picture, but dude's face is like an alarm clock. A computer screen. Like, what is that? Whatever the hell it is. And he's trying to break the fourth wall and come out of the page at us. It's all very confusing. And he's got my hair from high school. (laughs) This whole thing is He does have your hair from high school and your chin. And probably my shirt. We're going to have That might be me. (laughs) From high school. <laughs> well, I think assumptions were constantly wrecking your mood in high school. I think the I think the <laughs> assumption is that I was Brian, but actually, clearly, I was a robot the whole time. Oh man, that would explain a lot. It does explain a lot. Um, okay, so the authors. Okay, now we're gonna have to put this on the Facebook page since we've been spending three minutes talking about this picture. I don't think it was more than fifteen seconds, but in Radio <laughs> Land, that's worth putting on the Facebook okay. page. We got. I mean, it is literally a face picture. And so I think it's very appropriate. For Facebook. Yeah. Okay. The art, sorry, Sherry Jacobson. She's the author. Uh, Sher- uh, what are we apologizing to her for? <laughs> we're just, we're, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. <laughs> Irreverence. Irreverence oh, in the face of her good thinking. Sherry's got to be okay. Um, January. Sorry, this Sherry. is from January 2016. And this is from the Harley Therapy Counseling Blog. So I just want you to – it's important this article has a frame. Okay, the so Harley Therapy, therapy Counseling Harley? Blog. Like Harley, Harley Davidson therapy, Motorcycles? Psychotherapy and Counseling. No, it's. I think it's like an institute. And this oh, is their okay. Blog. Okay. When you make assumptions, you tell yourself that something is true without actually having evidence that it is. Um, yes. I'll buy that. Okay. Yes. I mean, you may not actually tell yourself something's true. Right. And you might have it might be based on evidence, prior evidence. So, for example, <laughs> so, for example, <laughs> I'm just trying to think about this. So, I'm, I'm going to go rent a car. Yes. And so I walk up to the car rental place. Yeah. And they have a sign. Uh-huh. And there's a person behind a counter. And I go up and I say, "Hi, I'd like to rent a car." Yeah. I'd made an assumption that they work there. Yes. But I yes. didn't tell myself I did. I I didn't walk up and go, right. "Ah, I assume that's the <laughs> clerk." Like I don't do that. I just I'm, I'm looking You're around for a person. It. Right, right. And I'm just, I'm, as soon as I see a person, I just assume that's a worker because the only people in this whole building, it seems, are myself and this other person <laughs> with the Enterprise logo on their shirt. And while they may just be a fan like me <laughs> here to talk to Enterprise employees, they might be exactly who uh, I'm looking an employee. for. And, yeah. okay, so good. And, People at the rental place make assumptions. I got to tell you what happened with once. Sure. I'm, this was recently. Do tell. So someone I know, work with, Sure. Uh, three weeks ago, okay. decided to rent a car and drive to New Orleans. Okay. So Three she, weeks ago? Yeah. Three. Yes. Three weeks three ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. So she, assumptions she abound. takes some time off, takes a long weekend, um, gets the car. You got to take that extra time for quarantine. Gets the car. Drives to New Orleans, spends there with her boyfriend the weekend, the long weekend, brings the car back on a Tuesday, which is when it was due, okay. parks the car there at night, leaves okay. the keys in the, in the like, slot thing. Sure. Yeah. And then she gets a phone call on Friday, and the rental place says, um, hey, are, did you change your trip plans? Are you still coming back? Are, are you planning to come bring the car back anytime soon? Oh, man. And, of course, she immediately just, like, you know, her body just, like, you know, like, ah! And she says... I dropped the car off on Tuesday night. You did? They checked mm. the GPS. It was in Virginia. Someone <laughs> oh, no. has stolen the car. Oh, no, before it even got <laughs> checked in. <laughs> wow. So, so assumptions were made that what I'm going to leave my car here. I'm going to put the keys in, and and they will get it. And then the person who shows up for work and says, wow, what? Wow, we got the key. Well, wouldn't they find the keys and not the car and go... Wait a minute. What if they didn't get the keys? Yeah. What if it mm. was just What well, if somebody, knows? I don't know. But isn't that interesting? They made the assumption that she just still has the car somewhere in New well, Orleans. Well, and for sure, she made the assumption <laughs> because she didn't call and let them know. She right. made the assumption that, like, she did everything she had to do. She just walked away. Right. And, I mean, that's something that I've done numerous times with all kinds of services, right? Like just walk out of a hotel. And just assume you're good. It'll be fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll call me if not, yeah. right? Which or you'll they, get an email with a bill, right? right? And yeah. it's like, what in the, you know, but I chose to walk out. 
you know, or rental car or any number of other things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So those are those example. Those are like assumptions that we just operate on all the time. Mm-hmm. So so Sherry Jacobson said, it's all too easy to lead your life never questioning that you are assuming things to be facts, like you soon think, but they're not. So she says examples are, here's some examples, you don't get the promotion at work, so you assume you aren't good at your job. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. People might feel that way. You assume most people are bad at heart, so you don't trust anyone you meet. Ah. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite way, you're, mm. you're really trusting. Your partner isn't very talkative late, so you assume they are angry with you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's common. You assume big cities are dangerous, so decline a great job offer in a city. Cities are dangerous. Just embrace it, baby. <laughs> but, but all right, so you something, she says something about you have friends who has the tickets to a musical, and they ask someone else, so you assume your friendship is faltering. Of course it is. <laughs> Clearly, musical. I would say thank you. <laughs> I can see that we're. I can see that we're, that we're really close since you didn't invite me to that trash. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that was thoughtful. Yeah. So she says, sound familiar. So why do we make assumptions? In some ways, the brain is designed to make assumptions. It searches for patterns, or what cognitive scientists call mental models, to make it a more effective machine. So do you want to walk into a rental place every single time and go? Okay, hello, who's the clerk here? Right, you don't want to have to, you want to, your brain just wants to put two and two together. There's the clerk. Yeah, I learned about this um, when I was in my doctoral program. I'd never heard of it before, but there, there are all kinds of theories about this, just like the one yeah. that we're talking about here. And the one that I like is um, it talks about us having these social recipes. Um, they're yeah. like these social, these social cues that we build up. They're like little pieces of... Uh, They're little pieces of social activity that we just share with one another. And then those get combined into recipes such that we can walk into a store and there cannot be any signage about who the clerk is or whatever. And we can figure it out by the context clues because we can run through this series of cues and like, this sort like, of recipe. Like, oh, that person is stocking a shelf. They're probably not a customer. Well, right. It's even easier in a restaurant, right? Because typically in a restaurant, oh, I have a role a because restaurant. I just walked in. Right. Right. So, I mean, in a store, maybe there are a lot of yeah. things I can do. But in, in a restaurant, there are only a few things I can do. And everybody else has a role who's there as well. And so in order to navigate that, like – they're heavily contextual. Like, you know, if you go to Europe or whatever, you might not know that that nobody expects you to tip. And sometimes right. they think it's super weird that you're going to tip, like this right. kind of thing. And so um, that is a, you know, a, a cultural thing that we just have to learn. And so, yeah, I mean, I think all of that is really fascinating that we have all of these tactics that we end up sharing with one another. Like we say, hey, go to the restaurant and when they ask you where to sit, sit at this table and ask for such and such to get the special thing to have a really yeah. nice experience. Right. Like we trade these things around, oh, yeah. right, in order to improve the living, right. you know. The, the, the day-to-day living. The, well, I mean, that's how – because if we had to go and, like, 
created every time. I think yeah. that it would be, if it worked all the time, it would be really boring. And it would also yes. take a long time. Well, and here's the other thing. Mm. It would take a long time, but also a lot of effort because she gives the example. For example, you can walk to the station and take the train to the office without paying attention, but assuming it will be the same walk and the platform as ever, leaving your mind free to efficiently organize tomorrow's dinner, right? Because right. if we just, we have to make assumptions in order to function and not be just hamstrung with every single, right? Like, um, oh, I'm going to walk up onto this platform. I'm assuming if I stand here, the train is going to come, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. that's always depending on where you are, a train coming. Well, but that's the thing, too. Like our personal efficiencies come in with these little pieces, right? After, you know, experience gives us the ability to, to do that. Because when you go to a town that you're not used to, you do have to pay attention to all those pieces. Right. Yeah. So here's another one. Many assumptions are actually learned behavior, right? They come from our culture and our families and from what we were taught to think as a child, we tend to take on our parents' assumptions, such as assuming that we do or don't deserve certain things, money or love, etc., or we should or shouldn't do things like get mm. married, be, be, oh, get this, the examples, get married, be atheist, wear bright colors. <laughs> <laughs> wear bright colors. Yeah. What were you told about appropriate colors that you were supposed to wear? Oh, colors are always appropriate to the situation. Oh really? You you had a certain assumptions that you were you were sort of indoctrinated with certain assumptions about what colors? Yeah, absolutely. And um yeah, yeah, yeah. There certain colors are appropriate for certain times of the year, certain times of oh, day. Oh, yeah. Um certain um events, you know, would does, be more colorful. Does than any others. of that like stick in your brain? Every these days? every single inch of it <laughs> sticks in my brain <laughs> really? every day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do my best to ignore most of it. I mean, most of the culture, because I don't necessarily want to look like that. But a lot of the things are really, a lot of the things are really handy, right? I mean, in terms of um, fitting into, you know, adult situations, adult um, uh, events or cultural whatever. Right. If you know kind of how to dress in such a way that people won't really notice you because you don't really stand out because you just kind of look like – um, you're dressed appropriately for the event, that's handy as opposed to I always look like a clown. No matter where I go, I definitely stand out even if I don't want to because I dress like a clown, which is fine. I'm just saying, you know, I used to I used to really stand out, I think, a lot more and often for the wrong reasons, right, because mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about it very much and I was making a lot of assumptions like, Everybody else can just go to hell. I think that was a big one that I had. Um, you know, if people don't like it, they can die mad or something. I mean, something like that. But then one day, I thought somebody was like, "Why are you so antagonistic toward others with your clothing choices?" And I thought, "I don't even know what you mean." And then assumptions, assumptions, assumptions. You know, I mean, that is so funny. Okay. I have to know. Give me an example of what it would be to be into. I'm fascinated. Oh, my Lord. What? Give me a concrete example. What would be antagonistic about you? You mean like going to a nice event and wearing like for example, t-shirt? Oh, for example. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That would be an example. Yeah. Or or going to, going to church and wearing sort of, um, you know, aggressively anti-religious jewelry or slogans or having when everybody else is dressed up, you dress way down. When everybody else is dressed down, you're dressed up. 
you know, you're trying to play basketball with the wrong shoes, you know, stuff. And people are like, why are you doing that? Doesn't that just make this more difficult? And like, well, I got my own style, you know. I'm, I'm not doing your style, you know, so these you, kinds of things. Okay. And then people go, you know, there are functional reasons why we dress this way at these things. And you're like, oh, well, your rules are for you, man. Wow. You know. But wow. Then, but then you go to the Army and you... And you, you, you learn they, to conform. They help you Pick understand. Your yeah, <laughs> they help you understand how that's just a lot of wasted effort. Okay, so I hate to pick mm. on my husband, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Now let's just say in this show, but, you do very often point out examples that involve him. I'm not but sure. But I'm all often of this is the I'm often the 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 person who's like he. Sometimes he looks a little quirky, but then sometimes I come off as like the bad guy like oh. the backseat driver remember uh-huh. that whole okay, thing okay. trying to tell him how to go somewhere all right all right is so this is this an example of him being quirky and you looking like the bad guy maybe you <laughs> tell me you tell me since we're on assumptions in clothing i mean let's let him okay so you. when i met him <laughs> i would give him feedback mm. about his choices his mm-hmm. clothing choices and I'm not just it's not your situation where it's like what i wear to a certain thing it's yeah. more just like I don't I haven't updated my clothes in like 15 years or like I own, you know, two pairs of shoes, which, again, on the face of it, I don't want, you know, but I mean, sometimes it was hamper. Let me just say I think it was hampering his I, in my perception. It was hampering in, in, in his um, ability to be socially adept. So let me see if I'm picking up what you're laying down here. So you're saying that this guy was yes. having some difficulty in your view yes. with some social um, interactions because of wardrobe. Wardrobe or grooming. Grooming. Okay. So, okay. like, I know I very often didn't, like, cut my hair or shave or stuff like that for a long time so 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 here's how i finally had to say are you making assumptions about the importance of fashion in social situations i hold it hold that thought hold that thought let me hold another thought too did he bring this up to you of course not i Ah, brought it up so this was not him going you know my lifestyle (laughs) feels poorer Because perhaps of no. the shirt. No. No. It was me bringing it up. Okay. So this okay. is really this really is about you. Yeah. All right. Just check. So. Right. so <laughs> we'll get my assumptions so, right. So, <laughs> so I finally, I really struggled because I was like, well, you know, that stuff is just superficial and doesn't matter. And But then I, I realized I had a moment. <laughs> but I realized, then. But then I said. <laughs> I realized, that's not, super, it's not I superficial. Said, it matters. I, said, I said, honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. I said, honey, even if you mm-hmm. choose to do wear this X or Y or whatever, mm-hmm. people are going to make assumptions about you. People will judge you based on these things. Yeah. And so people yeah. will, and, and some of them are not going to be very flattering. Yeah. And so when I finally framed it that way, yeah. I and it wasn't again, it wasn't that he was like arguing with me about those uh-huh. things. It was more yeah. like, eh, who cares? And then yeah, I explained to him, I explained yeah. to him, a lot of people are going to care. Yeah. And if you want to like... You know, you know, uh, be able to succeed professionally and in certain kinds of social situations, people are going to make judgments about you, Man. Fair assumptions, fair or not. Man. And you know what? What? 
I seem he that seemed to make a good case. He's very dapper every time I see him. <laughs> I've never known him to be anything other than dapper. Uh, well, dapper? Dapper. Mm, dapper. Oh, yeah, he has the right clothes for the right situation. Yeah, but see, that's not dapper. That is satisfactory. I'm making satisfactory. assumptions, of course. Satisfactory. I have a low bar for dapper. He maybe. doesn't care about that stuff. To be dapper, I think you have to put effort into it. And, and this is not a slam on him. <laughs> he just like he just likes <laughs> to wear, he likes to, unobtrusive. That's what he wants. Like, unobtrusive, blend in. Definitely. Just like, yeah. don't blend out. Like, don't stand out. Mm. Don't be dapper. Either way, on the spectrum. He just wants to be middle of the road. All like, right, all right. Okay. All right. Now, all right. So, all right. I guess I guess where I'm going with this is that I sort of to your point, people make assumptions about appearances for good or or wrong or right. They make assumptions and you you as someone who's being made assumptions upon mm-hmm. just need to be aware of that. And what what do you want people to So, anyway, so now he he <laughs> Sometimes he'll just say to me, okay, what, what's the dress code for this occasion? And I'll be like, That's nice. you know, like khakis and a polo shirt, right? Like I don't tell him what to wear. He asks me and I give him some guidance. I think that that's nice, although um, I bet he could figure it out without you. <laughs> oh, he does figure it out every sure. day. But I'm just saying if it's like a one-off occasion, he'll gotcha. be like, you know, how dressy should I be? All right. So. All right. Well, so, you know, you're, it's interesting. You sound like my grandfather. <laughs> In this regard. Yes. So, Roy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love pre- Roy. Yeah, well, you guys get along great on this point. And Larry, too, who I know you're also yes. fond of. Um, and everybody else pretty much in my family because my, my clothing and my hair were seen as rebellious for and sure. And antagonistic, apparently. And antagonistic, absolutely. Why do you have to have your hair like that? You know, it's like, well, why are you offended by my hair? Well, you know I'm going to be offended by your hair. So why would you wear earrings? Why would you, you know. Why would you be Is that rhetorical it? or they really want to know? Are they really wanting to know why you would wear why are you wearing your hair that way? Are um, they asking that or is Eventually it just... I think they were real questions. <laughs> eventually. Eventually I think so. I think initially they were not I think there was a lot of rhetoric there. But um, again, a lot of assumptions. I think my family made certain assumptions like if you didn't dress in at least a sort of preppy way, if not in a business way then you really weren't a serious person about life and about life about the way that you looked you didn't care about the way that um society picks things arbitrarily that was a thing like it's sort of the um you know, we don't believe in luck, but you make your own luck kind of thing. Right, you know, right. you, you put hustle, yourself hustle. Well, right. but also you put yourself in situations. So, so I for a long time didn't care again. Like after I got out of the army, I just decided that all aesthetics were nonsense uh, for quite a few years. <laughs> and then one day, I uh, <laughs> one day I decided that it really was a little bit of a hassle. Kind of the static I was getting because of the way that I dressed was just professionally, it was a little bit in the way. You know, it was just like... Like needlessly distracting. Needlessly distracting. You know, like you don't have to look like you don't have any money. Right? I mean, like it doesn't make you... It doesn't make you wiser to have these, you know, yeah. old clothes or whatever. Again, like talk about not updating your wardrobe in 15 years. I got it. You know, I'm, I was recycling clothes from my uniform and stuff when I was in the Army. It was like, well, they're perfectly fine. 
And people are like, why are you wearing that? You know, like, isn't that a uniform piece? <laughs> well, I like it. You know, I mean, just weird stuff. So so one day I went to, to Target. Yes. And I bought all the same pants. Like a bunch of pairs of the same Yeah, pair? dress pants, just yeah. black, just yeah. black dress pants. Yeah, and nice. It, and That goes with everything. They go with everything. And from then on, that's what I wore every day. I bought 10 pairs of them. And for a couple of years, that was what I always wore. It didn't matter what I was doing. I was wearing these black pants, and I, I was just daring anybody to talk to me about the way I looked. Like, I'm wearing dress pants. What's the matter with you? You're wearing jeans. I'm wearing dress pants. This explains so much about you. This <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> Insightful anecdote. It is. It really got them off my back for quite a while. And then I got, and then I, I got, I, I burned through a lot of these pants. I mean, I really did because I just treated them so badly because they were black, and I mean, you just couldn't you see did anything. everything. If you did everything, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, just terrible. Just... And you know, I'd wear, I'd wear a jacket with them, wear a t-shirt, whatever. <laughs> and so, when I got to the point where I was going to replace them, it suddenly seemed like oh, I'm so bored with this, right? And so I started branching out again. But I definitely agree that people make assumptions about us. It's just the the problem is if we buy into that too much, and maybe I'm already doing it because I don't because I, I sort of try to care a little bit about the way I look now. Yeah. Maybe I'm already buying too much into it. But you know, there's a danger of becoming of kind of forcing yourself into a shallow space with that, which I've always really tried to avoid. But the benefits are unmistakable, like the societal benefits of having people yes. just look at you and yes. go, oh, well, if you're dressed like that, you clearly know what's exactly. going on. Exactly. It's ridiculous. I know it is. It but is ridiculous. People aren't even, it's unconscious. So since you told that anecdote. It's un- unconscionable. You told that anecdote. I have to tell you, and this explains so much about the two of us. I was matching your anecdote, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. One more <laughs> quick thing before we move on. You were. You were where that was about my husband. So I love to dress up. You know that about me. I well, love you to dress, dress up, up. Like every day, right? Yeah, I yeah. really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. If other people make assumptions about me, that's mm-hmm. on them. But I like to dress up. I like it. So apparently, this has been so much hardwired from when I was very little. Did you, did you like to dress up when you were very little also? This is a story okay. about that, yes. All right. So when I was about three or four, mm. Uh, my parents were uh, observant Catholics at the time, and so Sunday would roll around, and okay. they had three small children, and so in order to go to church, one of them would go to the early service and come when one would say home, and then they'd switch off. Well, apparently, I insisted on going to <laughs> both oh, services okay. because. I wanted to be seen in my <laughs> Sunday dress. Why would I deprive the later people? If I've got to put this thing on, <laughs> I, I want to get maximum Exposure. Attention. Yes. <laughs> Why would I deprive the 11 a.m. service people from seeing this cute little Sunday dress? So, so okay. I Did you have a different dress every week? No. Okay. But, but, you, but it didn't matter. I have always loved dressing up and... Hmm. You know, like, here I am, world. Hmm. So I don't know. But apparently, from us three or four, it was a hmm. – so it makes – so I just – I'm just explaining that, you know, that's an interesting difference between you and I. Sherry. Sherry goes on this article. She says, why assumptions can really bring your moods down. She says, assumptions damage our capacity to relate to others. If you are always assuming you know how others think and feel, you are easily 
misunderstand or you get misunderstood. And relationship difficulties, whether at work or home, can lead to low self-esteem and depression. Mm. So how many times have you had a locked horns with someone and went, oh, oh, my gosh, I just had totally different assumptions. Right. If you yeah. were going to be yeah. and I would say, you know, your partner comes home an hour late and you're like, I would assume you would have called me. Sure. And they were like, well, I, just, I was trying to finish whatever I was doing so that yeah. you wouldn't worry. Right. 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 OK. So assumptions are. Yeah. That can, you know, if we can't. So sometimes I find we can really stop an argument or disagreement by stepping back and going, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. These were my assumptions. I didn't know that or I didn't know you assumed that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does make a lot of difference uh, because, you know, we need to be able to practice a certain amount of care for others. Um, and when we check assumptions, when we bother to do that, we build the relationship, I think, even more strongly. Right. When we're able to step in there and say, hey, you know, I think. Um, that there's a problem here and we need to check these assumptions, these assumptions I have, um, I think that does help. And when you get those kinds of wins and you get those kinds of successes within relationship building, I think it, it does lead to positive outcomes yeah. and positive self-esteem and stuff like that. Nobody has to be a donkey. That's right. Nobody has to be a donkey. Yeah. And the thing is, even if you start off that way, it's real easy. I mean, if we aren't just so prideful and arrogant and um, afraid of showing that we've been wrong, maybe. It's really easy to fix. Yes, it is. Just fix it. Exactly. You know, just Talk about it. it. Like yep. pause, pause button, yep. right? Assumptions also block possibilities. They impede your ability to think creatively and get ahead. I'm not sure about the, what they mean. If you assume the only way to do a presentation, oh, uh, okay. If you assume the only way to do a presentation is with a PowerPoint and the day comes, but there's a technological meltdown at the office or in your case, <coughs> classroom, <laughs> and you back out, it's the employee who makes no assumptions and thinks to act out scenarios the PowerPoints describe, oh, th- who makes no assumptions and thinks to act out scenarios the PowerPoints describe with the clients and has them all laughing. They'll not only will win the promotion, well, win the, okay. I, you hear anyway, what yeah, that's, yes. however that's written, Okay, that's going to turn out well. Right. So they're yeah. saying if you just assume my PowerPoint is going to work and you have no backup plan, like you don't assume, well, wow, what if it fails? What am I going to do? Uh, this yeah. happens to you regularly. Don't you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Too <laughs> often. I was at a job interview one time yeah. and I had to make a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and, um, and I made it, and um, something happened on the projector such that one of the bulbs went out in the projector or something like that, and it it did not project one of the colors. Really? I've never heard of bizarre. that. It was very bizarre, yeah. I've never heard of that. It didn't project one of the colors, which was the color of all of my accomplishments on the <laughs> on four slides that I was going through for this job. I look back there and it's just black. And I was like, what is happening? Right. And so I'm looking for a minute. It's fine on the screen. I'm like, I can just flip it up and turn it around to him, but it's not working. And so what happened? What did you do? I did not do a great job with this. I, I, I mean, it just, it made me think of, you know, I really should have, I, <laughs> done something else but um what i should have done was change the color but i didn't know exactly what the problem was so it didn't occur to me at the time and so i just went ahead and talked about it as if they were all up there (laughs) (laughs) and as you see 
gesturing at the thing. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, and I mean, everybody's just going with it. Like, they could see that it wasn't up there. And I was like, well, here we go. I did wow. not get that job, but I mean, no. it was it was um, wow. it was a, it was a silly that thing. That was it. Is assumptions were operating. There. Well, you know, I mean, I should have uh, I should have made some effort. Handouts. I should Handouts? have I should have done lots of things. <laughs> okay, I guess, well, but you know. Well, you know what? You're here. Hey, and I'm happy you're here today. Well, thanks so much. It's good to be here today. I'm happy <laughs> that I'm here on the uh, in the beginning of the <laughs> new school year. So, what are some things you can do? How do you stop making assumptions? She says, first things first, learn how to recognize you're even making them. Right. That's important. Spend a week really watching for when you are assuming things. She's yep. even writing them down. That's interesting. Yep. Look for assumptions of all shapes and sizes. Mm. Something small like my spouse didn't do the dishes just to annoy me <laughs> is just as much a possi- possibly damaging assumption as something big like my partner doesn't really love me anymore. Wow. That mm. is mm. somebody would leap to that. Wow. That's harsh. Well, I Be think careful. right now, you know, there are a lot of assumptions that we make. So like what? Like I see somebody in the um store and they don't have a mask on and I say I assume ah you're a donkey right I mean that's (laughs) you just go yeah this must be another donkey in here you know and and it's unfortunate I think that we leap to these assumptions Um, we don't have to you know the assumption could be ah they must have left their mask in the car or oh well they they know that they're immune. Maybe they're a time traveler. Maybe and, they're... And they just appeared from three years earlier. Maybe. Maybe in the, in the restroom and they're just walking out. Maybe they have a face-shaped mask. And it's so good... I hadn't thought of that one. ...that I can't tell. I haven't thought of that one. Well, you know, you wouldn't think of it because you wouldn't see it. And so yeah. it, it would lead to assumptions. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so, assumptions are all yeah, over. Yeah, they're all over. So you ask good questions. To break down assumptions, That's you need important. to ask good questions. Here are some of the questions. What facts do I have to prove this law is true? They're not wearing a mask. Hmm. They must be a jerk. Hmm. Do I have any evidence they are? They're not wearing a mask. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the evidence. That's the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> what facts do I have to prove this thought isn't true? Ah, my spouse didn't do the dishes to an... And it's just to annoy me. What facts do I have to prove this thought isn't true? Do I have facts to support it's true or not true? Well. Falsification. Mm, mm. So yeah. so if, yeah, somebody wouldn't just be coming in here without a mask to be antagonistic. Would they? Would they? Unfortunately, it's yes. So the falsification doesn't work so yeah. well there. With the spouse, though, would the spouse be doing it just to antagonize me? I think the idea is that mm-hmm. you'll end up going, oh, that's not really in their character. No, that is not in their character. Yeah, as opposed to, yeah. well, I'll be. Looks like looks like they did do it <laughs> to antagonize me. <laughs> you know what, though? I just realized something. What's if that? they're not wearing a mask, you can see the full facial expression. And this morning, as I was walking into campus, there was a student walking without a mask, and he looked smug, and that fed my assumption. (laughs) It fed my assumption. It's because the whole face has a smug air to it. Just when you get get a half face, it takes a lot of the smugness out. Yes, it does. Yeah, so anybody without a mask will automatically look smug. Maybe you're right. I'm sure I'm not. Maybe you're right. Anyway, so I made that assumption because the facial facial expression was a little bit like, like, hey, yeah, I'm not wearing a mask. Got a sneer going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is this – oh, look at these questions – is this really my own opinion or did someone else teach me it and I didn't question it? Mm. 
is this even really what I think or want to think in the future? Is this a productive way to think? What would life be like if the opposite of this assumption were true? If I saw someone without a mask and said, they're a real public health nut. Yeah. If you saw, again, you saw somebody without the mask and you just assume that they have it in their pocket, but they forgot to put it on. And maybe you just go, because, you know, there are sometimes I'm walking into the store and I'm like, oh, and I grab it out of my purse and I put it on because yep. I forgot to put it on. And so out that's, of my you car. just saw that person in that moment. Right, right before they forgot. Right before so they, So yeah. you could just point at your own mask and be like, Sure. Point at them. Sure. And then or you could just let them go and assume that just in a moment they'll remember. They'll put it on. Or you could follow them around and see if you're right or not. Um, yeah. Checking your assumptions. Six feet away. Six, yeah. Ready, ready for them to turn around and confront you. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And what is this assumption? If this didn't exist in my life, who would I be? <laughs> if this didn't exist in my life, if this obsession with masks and stores didn't exist in my life, I would be. <laughs> who would I be? I would be someone with COVID. Well, but I mean, I, but it's interesting, right? Especially when I am concerned about things that arguably are not about, like I perceive them as being outside of me. So I'm upset about the choices that other drivers are making. Right. What if. I just wasn't ever concerned about that. What if I was just a person? Just let it go. Who just never even cared about that, right? If we can imagine that, then what we will probably be able to do is to figure out that most of this stuff is not very important. This is true. So who would I be? Happy. I would be a happy person. I would be a person who sees other people in stores without masks and just goes the other direction. Like, there's not a gang of them coming after the masked people, right? So if there's, like, one person or a couple walking around without a mask, just go just the other go way. Go the other way. Just, just, yeah. You know, and just go, well, whatever. I mean, I do agree that there's a public health thing. And at some points, probably confrontation is... Uh, I don't know. Is it required? I mean, certainly there are probably some points where it's really advisable to to say something. But I also think there's something – this is an interesting advice. It's an interesting exercise to imagine, well, what would it be like for me to go through my day and the things that I get upset about now because I make assumptions? Yeah. What if I could identify a few of those things? And how would I identify them? I would just see when I get upset about stuff right? during the day. And then if I can, if I can attach any of that upset to assumptions I'm making, what if I just was a person who didn't make that assumption? What if I just substituted a way more positive assumption? Like who's a per- – okay, so funny you should say – it's so funny you should say this because Byron Katie has an entire book on this. Oh, okay. An entire book. If people are interested in this idea about how when you get triggered, how you question your assumptions. Is this true? Do I know it's true? Who would I be without this thought? Mm. So if anyone's interested, her book is called Loving What Is mm. by Byron Katie. And that's exactly the work she does. She helps you untrigger Things mm. that people or personal relationships where you go, I can't believe they did that just to annoy me. <laughs> or <laughs> or they, are, they, never, they, they did that and they never thought about, about its effect on me, right? It's really amazing. I've um, been involved in some of these conversations uh, before, particularly with um, some folks who were having some anger toward family 
you know, issues. And really, I saw um, a lot of this kind of thing that they really were just holding on to the idea that other people were doing it intentionally. Like that was... That was the assumption. 100% when something went wrong, it was just like, ah, there they went again. Like they weren't even here. But somehow, you know, it just always went back to that. And I just thought, wow, you know, at the time I thought, gee, that's that's too bad. That's kind of unfortunate. But I can see uh, through sort of some of these comments how it can, it can you know, go quite a bit deeper yes. and be even more problematic. So recommend Byron Katie's book to that person. Yeah, um, and it's nice. You can, you can really flip it around if yeah. you change these assumptions. Yeah. And, and so she gives some final pieces of advice. She says, um, she says, uh, oh, I thought this was really interesting. She says, agree not to have control over everything. Mm. So a lot of assumptions are about wanting to control life. Absolutely. I have a false idea this will make you safe. Absolutely. For example, because you can't control uh, what others think you assume you know what they think. Okay. She said, what if instead you embraced uncertainty? It's in fact a great method to drop a ton of assumptions all at once. It's so freeing. Yeah. To just allow yourself to maybe to just live go, in you know, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't in <clears throat> fact I found myself saying somebody said something to me like, Oh, you probably think this and I said, you know, I don't make assumptions about that. Because hmm. I realize I don't make assumptions. And so it's it's freeing when I'm in a conversation sometimes just to go, you know what? I I don't know. I don't make hmm. assumptions about to remind people, check your assumptions. Well, we should check our assumptions and we should also allow ourselves to be uncertain when we can't know because it's, you know, again, a lot of times we operate off of assumptions and we ought to just roll in the uncertainty. Roll in it. Just let let it. it, Just, you know what? Flow with it. Like imagine yourself floating. Swimming through the uncertainty. Or even just floating. Like you're just like... I'm letting it take me, and I'm just going with the. Yeah, ride. yeah, yeah. You know? As as well, don't as, even switch. For you, this is a really uh, revolutionary idea, right? Because you like to plan. Yes, I do. So just I like to swim. The idea that you could just float in the uncertainty—that's very brave. That can be really hard for me, but you can hard be a good a friend and remind me to do that. Float, float, Patty, float. <laughs> And as you go through your week, we hope that you'll have some intellectual courage when some tough ideas come around and maybe when you don't know what to do and maybe you'll give yourself a chance to try some new ways of thinking about some ideas because, you know, it's really difficult as we go through life to know what's right all the time. And sometimes we need a little experimentation. Sometimes we need to check our assumptions. Sometimes we need to float in the uncertainty. Just uh, just let it permeate our experience and um, use the tools when you can. We're not uncertain all the time. There are places to bring in those tools so that we can have great experience of thinkers. Uh, Thinkers have been doing it for a long time. You can too, because these critical thinking tools are for everyone. Even you.